So, could we read from Colossians chapter 3? I'm not going to do exposition tonight. I'm not going to teach. I want to exhort you. I want to encourage you. I want to prod you towards something that is always important. I know it's, it's something our church always has to work on and be vigilant about. And if we're not vigil, vigilant and, and diligent and watchful about this area, problems will happen. I want to speak to us this evening about every relationship in the body being right. You know, there have been times in my Christian life where I've had challenges in relationships with brothers along the way or with maybe with a, a family. <clears throat> and wedges came in, alienation tried to arise, and there's, there's emotional and relational separation. And you just you go through that and there's grief. And there's sadness and there's disappointment. <clears throat> and as much as lies within us, if it's possible for us to fix that, to heal it, we must. Because the times that, that I've seen the Lord heal those relationships that were strained, there was such joy afterward. There was such relief. It's like the old Alka-Seltzer commercial. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is for that relationship to be right. Let's read from Colossians 3.12-15. through 15. <clears throat> Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness, or humility of mind, meekness, Long-suffering, forbearing one another, or forbearing with one another. The Texas translation of that is just putting up with each other. Week in and week out. No matter what, how I irritate you, or you just, we put up with one another. We keep loving one another. Forbearing with one another. And forgiving one another, if any man, if anyone has a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. Let me ask you a question. As a church, for those of you who are in your own church. Now, there's folks from Sedalia here and other places, but your own church, my own church. Is it more important for you to love John Piper or one another? Why would, that, why would there be a difference? You know, it, <clears throat> the greatest reality is the most important people we are called to love, the most challenging to love are those that we daily, weekly, month after month, year after year walk with, that we're connected to. It's easy to see a friend at a conference you had not seen in a long time and feel love and love them. It's easy to go to Romania and to love those brethren, even the guys you're ministering with because you're together. And even if you have a 12-hour ride in a cold van, 
you still love each other because you get on the plane and you're away from each other. <laughs> but in our own church, a year, 10 years, 30 years, it becomes more difficult. Why? Because you rub on each other. You get used to each other. We disappoint each other. We hurt each other because we fail, because we sin. We can at times act harsh or unloving or judgmental or neglect the relationship and we're not willfully trying to do it. We just do it. We end up doing it. Or we act unfriendly and take up offense. Uh, the person takes up offense. And so what happens over the long haul, we settle in to in our minds and our hidden thoughts with this thought. These are the ones in the church I really feel close to. These are the ones I am close to. And these other ones, as long as God has them here, I'll tolerate them. But we... We aren't the same. But if we're called to love all the brethren, here's the question to ask yourself. How can I know if I am loving someone or not? What shows me, if I'm honest with myself and I think about my relationships, with all the brethren, what shows me if present and real love is absent? Here's the answer. How is my relationship with every brother or sister in the body? With every couple? Now, <clears throat> so I'm not misunderstood, we shouldn't think that every relationship within the body that God has placed us in will be as deep a friendship as maybe with others. Every relationship is not as close, not as deep. Some brethren seem God gives a knitting of heart. And some grow closer to others over time than they do with some. And there's a closer relationship with some. Sometimes that's God-given. And it's fine. And there ought not to be Jealousy over that, or envy, or wrong attitudes. But the issue that I'm talking about is not closeness. The issue is, is every relationship that I have in my church right? Are the relationships right? Or are they damaged? Is my relationship with my brothers and my sisters, those who I walk with week in and week out, is my relationship current? Is it right? Is it good? Is it unbroken? Is it ongoing? With every other brother and sister in the body. Or, if I'm honest, do I have to say I have some that are damaged, that are alienated, that are broken, that are unhealed, that I neglect or I have to avoid? And my testimony to you today is, by God's grace, I can think of my, my own church. I can think of every man and every couple, and every sister, and every single person. And I can say with joy that there's not one relationship there's, a, there's any strain in. I look forward to seeing every one of them. I can 
Hug every one of them. There's no barriers. There's nothing between my soul and the Savior and nothing between my soul and my brother or sister. You know that you're walking in love. And I, I understand that you've been studying love a lot lately. That Somebody wrote a book about that around here. And then you've been re reading another book on it. Well, here, here's the deal. You know you're walking in love towards someone when your relationship with them is really right. Currently right. No problems. As much as it depends on you, you have humbly dealt with everything. You want the air clear. You want the problems healed. You want the situation right. You don't have to agree on all things, do you? You don't have to have the same opinions or the same preferences. You don't have to uh, have the same uh, choice of Bible versions or the same view of homeschooling. Those things don't matter when love's the issue. But to truly be walking in love, you have to have a current right relationship with your brothers and sisters. That's not broken, alienated, or damaged. Now the reason I read Colossians 3 is because it really is showing a picture of, of the saints, of churches walking together horizontally, maintaining unity of the Spirit, maintaining forgiveness, maintaining humility, not letting alienations creep in. So brethren, when we see that there's any snag in a loving relationship with our brother or sister, guess what we have to do? We have to fix it. It's like car maintenance. You maintain or you fix what's broken. But unlike cars, you could get rid of it and buy another one. You can't do that with your, with your brethren. You maintain. And then if there's a problem, you fix, you mend it. If you won't do that, now think about it. You think of every relationship you have in the body of Christ. Perhaps it's someone away from here in another church. But think of your own church relationships. Every relationship, every brother, every couple, every sister. Think about them. Scan your mind and your heart. If any relationship you won't fix, then stop reading your books on love. Stop talking about how good your elders' sermons are. Stop talking about home groups or missions or anything else. Stop and get it right. Fix it. Why? Because we are not loving one another when we won't fix the relationship. And we rationalize, don't we? We think to ourselves. Or the enemy says, it'll take care of itself. No, it won't. It's just going to have to be that way. No, it doesn't. I just don't care anymore. Well, you're wrong. It's been too much time past. No, there hasn't been too much time past. Too much difference now between us. No, there's not. It will create more problems than it will solve. No, it won't. 
obeying Christ and obeying what Paul says here never creates problems that only solves ones that are robbing us of walking in love. The reason some true Christians struggle with getting relationships right if things are a problem is because it's too, to them it's too scary or it's too painful or they're too proud. It's one of those three. You think about a relationship that's been broken and you harbor something or you feel wronged and it's never been made right. It's never been healed. And you think about crossing toward that territory and it's scary. Or it's too painful to go there. Or you're just too proud to deal with it. About five years ago, I was burned on my, my arms and my hands and had second degree burns. And in about three days, these blisters that were about an inch tall came up. And uh, I just, you know, I put this cream on the outside and I this will heal, you know. Well, it didn't heal. It got worse and worse and worse. And, and the more and more pain. It was about a, a week of agony. And finally, I called the doctor and he said, what is wrong with you? When did this happen? You need to go down to the Parkland Hospital in Dallas right now. So Linda drove me down there. And I got in there and this young doctor who was young enough to be my son looked at it and he said, well, here's, this is easy to fix. He said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cut off every blister down to the skin and then we're going to pour in an antiseptic soap and we're going to take these little brushes and, and scrub each burn. <laughs> I gulped and I said, really? And he said, Yes. But you know what made me face it? The pain and seriousness of not dealing with it became greater than facing it and getting healing. You know what happened? It hurt. They had me on morphine and it still hurt. It was, it was agony for a moment. You know what happened after? They, they poured in the ointment and they put ointment on all of them and immediately there was relief and the pain was gone permanently. Linda, Linda and I drove to dinner in Dallas that night. We had a, it was just, it was just, a week's agony was gone. Healing, healing, healing. Was, was wonderful. And you know what? Some of you need healing in relationships because things have not been dealt with. How serious, how important is it for us to maintain, really maintain right relationships? Now there's a danger in this because the tender conscience, the weak conscience, the, the believer that can overreact can go overboard. And they can suddenly run around to 40 people this week and bug them to death because they think a relationship's wrong. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about things that are real, that are tangible, that are obvious before you and the Lord and in that relationship. How serious and how important is it 
that our relationships be maintained and kept right and fresh. If loving Christ, if loving as Christ loves is important, then it's important. It is as important as having and keeping a clear conscience. It is as important as maintaining a good testimony. If the health of the church is important, then it's important. And if our example as believers toward others is important, then it is important. Every relationship right. It's a joy to be able to come to worship, to come to prayer meeting, to see brethren, and to know the relationship's right. It's good. I can find joy in that relationship. How serious do you view your relationship with every member of the body? Are they good or are they unresolved? When relationships aren't right, think about this for a moment. When relationships aren't right, if I have relationships that are broken by someone else and I'm, I am being alienated, or if I've done something to break a relationship and hurt it, when relationships aren't right, it means that we're not walking in love. And we're not honoring Christ. And we're not obeying Him. It means that we're hurting ourselves and we're hurting the body. We're, we're actually quenching the Holy Spirit. It means we're not honoring the Lord. When relationships aren't right, every prompting from Him that we neglect and resist about those relationships, we're grieving the Holy Spirit to not make them right. When we leave the unhealed relationship still unhealed. When relationships aren't right, you know what we do? We then move into a mode of just tolerating, just having to avoid one another when we can, of silently going along. And we've stopped, we stop lovingly relating as we should. We've stopped dealing with the hindrances. And we're not doing that which makes for peace, which the Scripture directly calls us to do. And listen, brethren, if such is the case with you, it is not going away. It's not going away. And once God shows you and puts His finger on it, you cannot have peace with Him until you lance this thing. Till you face it with courage. Till you till you get so tired of the pain that you want the healing to come. Till you become so grieved that it's not right that in your soul before Him this thing must, must become right and you're willing to do whatever it takes within your power to make it right. Do we really want to neglect and leave an unhealed relationship as it is? Do we really want to leave a relationship damaged with him or her for whom the Lord Jesus Christ died? Do we really want 
more weeks or months to pass and there's still no change. When whatever hurt us or caused the problem was a long time ago. When relationships aren't right. But what about when relationships are right? When we honestly can say, Lord, there is nothing between my soul and You, and there is nothing between, as far as I know, there's nothing between myself and any brother or sister that I worship with and walk with and serve You with. Nothing between. When relationships are right, because you're maintaining them and you're giving attention to them and you're fixing them when they break. When they're right, you know what happens? Love and healing then flows. Love is real. Love is active and it's fresh. And it's new. There's no barriers. You can honestly say, hey, let's go to dinner together this week. Is there anybody in your church that you can't say that to? We want to be with you this week. Would you go to dinner with us? Come over and let's watch a movie. No barriers. No tensions. No conflict. Just healthy is every relationship in my Christian life with every brother or sister of God. Are they healthy? Gotta be. The Lord Jesus died for them. And I won't love them enough to make sure the relationship's healthy? It's so easy to sing about it and preach about it and talk about it, isn't it? It's another thing altogether to want to honor the Lord so much and to take the high road and to be the one that humbles yourself and goes to that person and says, look, To me, it doesn't matter who was right or wrong. I want to love you and I want to be right with you. If this is about you, what are you to do? Well, just think about these. There's three scriptures that come to my mind in the Gospels. You don't need to turn there, but think about these. Matthew 18.15 says this, If your brother has sinned against you, and you can make that in a way generic, if someone, if anyone has wronged you, they need to see it, they need to figure it out, and they need to come make it right. Is that what it says? No, it says, If someone has wronged you, if your brother has sinned against you, you go to him and tell him. Her too. You go. If they've sinned against you, you go. And you know what it says? If he listens to you, you've what? You've gained your brother. Now here's the the deal on that. Someone's wronged you. They've sinned against you from your perspective. The weight is not on... Them to come to you, the weight is on you to go to them. That's scary. That's too painful. We normally wouldn't say, I'm too proud to do that. So we leave that one unacknowledged, but it is still, it's scary, painful, or prideful. So, but if you can 
if you are to fix it. You're to fix it. And then it says, if they listen to you. Now, how important is that? You know why some relationships don't get fixed? Because a brother or a sister wants to make it right and they go. And guess what happens? The one they go to, they don't really hear them. Are you approachable enough and humble enough and teachable enough that if someone comes to you and says to you, listen, I've got to come. I really feel like you wronged me. How are you going to respond? Are you going to get defensive? Are you going to start... Not You're not listening. Suddenly, you're thinking in your own mind where they're wrong and where you're right. The Scripture says, if He listens, if anyone ever comes to you or I and says, you've wronged me or I think this is wrong... Don't do anything but listen. Are we approachable enough to listen? To hear them? And to entertain the remote possibility that we could have been wrong? If your brother sins against you, go to him. And if he listens, you've gained him. It'll only create... Problems that won't solve them. No, Jesus said, you've gained. You've gained that brother. You've gained that sister. You've gained that relationship back. It's great gain. To die to yourself and restore relationship is gain. To die is gain. That's not what Paul meant by the phrase, but that's what I mean now. You die to yourself and you go to heal this relationship, you gain. You've gained your brother and sister. You've gained the relationship back. And now you're going to get some grace and blessing that's been missing from your life because that relationship has not been there to give you grace and blessing that you could have had. It's all on you. It's all on me. Now that's what Matthew 18.15 says. But Mark 11 says this, When you stand praying, what? Forgive. When you come to the point of praying and suddenly you recall, you remember that you have ought against someone, stop praying. Forgive them. Just forgive them. And it's, it doesn't even say you, you have to go to them. You just forgive them. Lord, I'm not going to hold that against him. I had a brother in our church in the last two weeks and, and I felt there was negligence in this in something that happened, small thing. And it could have created a wedge. But the Lord helped me just to view it this way. You know, how sad would it be if that little thing came between us? I am not going to entertain that coming between us. If, if he was wrong... I know He loves me, and I know it wasn't willful. So Lord, I forgive it. I, I forget it. I just give it up to You. And ever since then, that was this, this week that this happened in my own heart before the Lord. Ever since then, there's been no blockage in my heart toward that brother. And there was some cloudiness before. Because judgments were trying to form in my mind. 
I wonder really, he doesn't seem like he had my back in this. Doesn't seem like he was really thinking of me when this happened. All that's gone now because I just chose, Lord, I forgive him. I, I'm canceling that. I'm not going to hold that against him. It's gone. And there's freedom's been restored. So Mark 11 says, when you stand praying, just forgive. Sometimes it's what we do to others that hurts the relationship, and sometimes it's what they do to us that hurts the relationship. It doesn't matter. It's all under grace. It's all under the blood. Why will we tolerate a relationship being strained and robbed by not making it right? Now Matthew 5 says this, if you're in the act of worship, if you come and there present your gift at the altar, and there you remember what? That your brother has ought against you. Now earlier, it says if you remember that someone's wronged you, so they're the offender, and you're the offended. You're the one that's been wronged. You're to go. Matthew 5 says, if you remember that your brother has something against you, what are you to do? You're to go and be reconciled. Pure and simple. You don't need a leading of the Holy Spirit. You don't need a dream. You don't need an impression. You may need counsel if you don't know exactly how to do it, but you don't need to know if you're supposed to go or not. The Lord Jesus said, leave your gift at the altar. Go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come worship. Then come hear the sermon. Then come sing. Then come and worship with the saints. So brethren, it's all on us. It's all on you. If this applies to you, will you fix it? What are you forfeiting if you don't? Or won't? And what will you gain if you do? There have been times in my own life as a Christian that it was, it was like, I almost felt like the Lord was saying, listen, if you won't face this, if you won't deal with this, if you won't, won't obey about this, don't expect me to say anything else to you. And I knew I was at a roadblock. I knew I was there and I had to respond. I had to humble myself and do all that I could to make it right. And then there was freedom. There was joy. There was clear conscience. But if not, it becomes very much an act of misery to try to read your Bible, to try to pray, to try to... Go through the motions try to, to try to act like everything's okay when it's really not. Every, every, every relationship right. How is that for you? Brethren, 
this may not apply to you, possibly. As an individual Christian or as a couple, there may be no application for you. You may know that things are really right with all. And that's a glorious, glorious, wonderful thing to maintain. But if not, don't let... It may not be able to be fixed tonight. There may not be time tonight. It may take a three-hour conversation. But brethren, don't keep going if this applies to you. Don't let the week go by without owning your responsibility before the Lord to fix it. Oh, the healing that will flow and the joy that will come if we make sure, as much as it depends on me, that every relationship is right. Let's pray. Father, help us to obey You. Help us to not harden our hearts. Help us, Lord, not to drum up something that's in the flesh, that's not of You, but help us to really respond to what You have said to us tonight. Lord, would You work in our hearts Father, surely one of the most glorious realities for any church is to truly be walking and maintaining fresh, right relationships that are real, that are maintained. Enable us to do so. Father, surely there's no telling what You might do if we do that. Give us grace. Thank You, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Sometimes when the Lord, when He makes real that this is an issue, it's private work that has to happen. 
It's making a plan and saying, I'm going to get with them. I'm going to make this my spiritual priority. I'm not going to let this pass. God has spoken to me. I'm not going to be disobedient to the heavenly vision. I am going to get this fixed. I'll take, I'll take all the blame. I'll take all the fault. I'll say I was wrong. I'm willing to face that it could have been me. I had blind spots. I don't care who was right. I want to be right now. So this week, if that's your divine homework, do it. You will, you'll be forever glad that you did. And you won't be able to go on with the Lord unless you do. Amen. I love, I love you. I love this church. Praise the Lord.